for me, it took many, many years to value my own work. I was embarrassed to charge people when I was starting to sell my work. And, and I was feeling uh, like I was doing something wrong. And as I developed and I put so much, I invested so much time, energy, my life really. And once you start adding up all that on top of uh, your travels and how far you're willing to go and how hard you're willing to work to get a picture, that's when uh, you start valuing your work more. And I think it just makes sense. This is the Proco 360 podcast with stories and lessons from Colorado's world-class entrepreneurs. I'm Dave Tabor. My guests and my listeners love Colorado. We crave knowing more about Colorado's unique and amazing businesses. Proco 360 is Westward Reader's best Denver podcast and a top 15 Colorado podcast on Feedspot. So thanks to all you listeners. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Guadalupe Lice, an amazing photographer I met in her gallery in Aspen. I'd intended to combine my conversation with Guadalupe with two other segments with rising entrepreneurs, but Guadalupe's story is so wonderful. Well, then I just had to make it a standalone episode and I'm sure you'll love it. Plus, this is a business I've always been fascinated by. Photographers who have such talent and unique style that they build a substantial business around it. I mean, we've all seen nature photography that's striking and beautiful. Guadalupe's photographs stopped me in my tracks. Her series of Icelandic horses actually took my breath. I've always wanted to learn more about the business of high-end photographic art. I mean, we assume it's more than buying a nice camera, traveling the world to take pictures. I want to know what the life of a successful photographer is really like, how they get into a position to sell photos for thousands of dollars. I mean, that kind of stuff. So with a modified intro, here's Guadalupe Lace via Zoom on Proco 360. Oh, thank you, David. It's a pleasure being here. It's my honor to be here. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And as you know, and as I just said, I am enthralled with your photography. How did you get into this? My goodness. I started taking photos when I was probably around 17, uh, 16, 17. I had a random camera in the house that I think my dad brought from Canada on one of his trips. And I... Um, I, I, at that time, I, I was uh, starting to become, because I was a very outgoing, very uh, social kid when I was young, and I sort of changed at some point in my life. Uh, and so I became more of an introvert, and I found a camera in the house, and I started taking photos. And on and off, the camera was always there. I would go do something else or start to learn how to play the guitar or, you know, whatever it was. But... I will always go back to the camera. And then once I got older, life takes you different paths. I went to school for something completely different. I thought that was um, the responsible thing to do, as a lot of uh, young people think, that you want to please your parents and, and have a, a job that will pay the bills. And that wasn't the case for me. I ended up going back to the camera and uh, going to school formally for formal education for four years for photography. And once I went to school and got a degree, that's when I decided, okay, I spent all this money and make this huge effort to put myself through this. Yeah. Now I'm going to uh, uh, figure out a way to make a living off, off of it. So. But you know, most, most people who go to school for things like photography or other kinds of art never actually make a living at it. So 
you know, did you learn the skills that you're using now? Did you really learn those in school and apply them? Or did you use those as a leverage point in order for you to learn your own skills and your own technique? Sort of, I, I, I and this is, this is on me. I felt like uh, my family, for instance, in the back of my mind, they wouldn't take me seriously because, you know, photography, you're just taking pictures. What are you going to do with that? But for me, because it was, uh, it was kind of like a big deal to put myself through school. Um, as you know, um, education here in the U.S. is not, uh, uh, it's not something that is accessible for everyone, unfortunately. So it took a lot of effort for me to, to go through school here. And, uh, and, and that was sort of what pushed me to say, okay, I made this huge effort to uh, put myself in debt and get a degree, uh, I can fail. Basically, yeah. that was sort of my, my, my thing. Sure. Um, yeah, if that makes any sense. You are listening to ProCo 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and this is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. I'm speaking with photographer and entrepreneur Guadalupe Lice. Go to Proco360.com to subscribe to the newsletter, read my blog, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. As always, if you have not yet rated Proco360 in your app, please do that when you finish this episode. There are very few people, though, who can actually turn photography into a business. I mean, your, your prints now are selling for a couple of thousand dollars to tens of thousands of dollars. You've got a single yeah, gallery yeah in Aspen, uh, and you sell in other ways too, but how do you go from being sort of a startup independent photographer to somebody who's got a gallery with photos that are selling for thousands of dollars? Well, if you have a, a day, I'll tell you my <laughs> life story. <laughs> no, I, um, I was very prolific from the beginning. I uh, am very consistent with what I was doing. And of course, I had to try a lot of different things. Uh, until I found something that worked for me. It's not that I was just set on one thing and one thing only. Um, for instance, my background and my edu formal education was in fashion photography, and I was spending 24-7 um, uh, working in the studio. I, as you can see, I, I don't do anything like that right now. It's all natural light. It's all outdoors. Um, uh, there's a lot of... Uh, there's, there's a lot of things that I can say. Uh, being very consistent, even if I changed my genres where I was working and went from fashion to doing a little bit more landscape photography and then doing more of the, uh, focusing on the wildlife uh, yeah. photography. So well, that's how, one. Th mm -hmm. uh, how long did it take you before you were actually making a living? You know, I mean, how many? Uh, I've been sort of, I've been photographing for about 21 years. Uh, Odd enough, uh, I took it seriously about nine, ten years ago. Um, this past, I will say, four years been the best for me um, out of uh, this, this, this last ten years that I've been uh, working on selling my work. I started just uh, like I'm the, the classic cliche story of someone that moves from overseas with the American dream of making it happen here and then working very hard, working very hard to, uh, to, to do it. I started doing efforts and all those shows, the, the little small little efforts that you put a tent together and you show your work like that and you can maybe afford to have 10 pieces and that's all the money you can spend and you have $10,000 invested on that. Uh, that I started to do about 10 years ago and slowly 
uh, try and error. So I will see what people like. I always was very true of what I like. That was, I think, what made me successful in a way. But also I, uh, I pay attention to the feedback that I was getting. And it's just about believing in yourself and, and start sending emails to everyone until someone opens the door and then uh, you go in. And, and then I did that and people pay attention to my work. They started selling it. And then I was like, oh, okay, if they can sell it in, the, in Europe, maybe I can figure out a way to sell it in the States. Um, and slowly but surely, the shows that I was doing, very small little shows, I will rent a patio from a restaurant, for instance. I, yeah. I'd done that in Aspen before when I didn't have a platform. And, uh, and I will get feedback from people. And I was like, if, I, if this is my platform right now and I'm selling four pieces in, in six hours, I think there's an opportunity that I can probably go further with this. So that's sort of um, yeah. what happened. Yeah. Well, now, most people would, would see you now with your beautiful gallery and these amazing photos and say, what a glamorous job. You travel the world, you go to Iceland, to Africa, to the Arctic, you know, you're, so what is the life of a, of a photographer like? Is it that glamorous? There's nothing glamorous about the life of a photographer. Uh, I think uh, number one requirement should be below maintenance. <laughs> If you need a comfortable bed and AC at night, I think this is not the job for you. At least not the way I work or the genre that I work on on wildlife photography. It's, it's less than glamorous. You need to be able to uh, get in, you know, accommodate to any situation and, and sleep anywhere and be able to be open to whatever comes your way uh, because it's, every time is a challenge and it's, uh, it's different. So, yeah. So what was one of the hardest, most rewarding shots you ever got? Uh, I think um, a picture that I'm looking at right now, it's, uh, it's a, a family of, um, of giraffes in Etosha National Park in Namibia. Uh, Namibia is a country that I love because it's one of the safest countries to work in Africa. So I literally rent a car and go on my own to the national parks where there's a lot of other countries in Africa that I unfortunately we can't do that and more as a female. Uh, but uh, Namibia is one of those countries that I absolutely love and feel very comfortable and safe. And I went, uh, just what I do all day long, just looking for animals. And sometimes I stay with one animal for a whole day, if they allow me to be there. <laughs> and uh, I was following a, a, a family of giraffes in the desert and I, was, I wasn't thinking anything of it. And I was on my own in the car. Once I stopped right in front of them, I, f I had this m fantastic scenario of the mother and the two babies, they split up. I can show you the photo later on. Um, and it's the most symmetric, perfect image that I could, when I looked at the photo and I got the photo, I was like, thank you universe for sending me this because there's no way, uh, there's no way that uh, I could have taken this photo. So I have a lot of stories like that of photos that, um, um, the sort of land in your lap in a way that they're sent to you from the universe. But of course you need to be there and you need to, uh, um, access is everything. So you need to, you need to be in, out there in those, in those places in order to even have a chance to make something that beautiful, uh, to capture something that beautiful. So, yeah. So now, you yeah. know, it strikes me that 
lots of aspects of the job require patience and more than patience that it, it can be like really tedious. I mean, you must take 10,000 shots uh, for each one that you use, right? I mean, doesn't it get tedious to go through each of those and find that? I mean, it's not all fun, is it? Uh, great question. People ask me that all the time. How many pictures did you take to get this one? Yeah. I think it's just like everything, right? Like if you're a musician that has been playing music for 20 years, you start making up your own uh, melodies. So with the camera, it's the same. I, because I've been photographing for so long, I think I, I know, I don't know the moment that I'm going to get. That's impossible. That's something that it happens or it doesn't, and you just have to, trust that something good will come out of it but it's more about uh having the skill to be prepared when that moment arrives <laughs> so if you're there and you're present you're prepared uh you must miss a shot most likely if you have experience and, and you've been doing it for a long time you're going to be right on and you're going to be ready for it patience yes a lot of patience and um uh, inconsistency. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's just like everything. You can yeah. one day say, you know, I'm going to grab a camera and take some amazing pictures. I'm going to go to Kilimanjaro. Okay, I'm going to go to Antarctica and take the best photos. But if you don't have, uh, you know, the practice of, uh, of repeating, you know, the process of doing it, and the camera should be like an instrument for, 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 a, for, a, for a piano player. Do you ever look at a photograph based on, you know, like even when you're taking it, this will sell, people will love this, or is it just about what's in your heart? Uh, it's about what's in my heart, 100%, 100%. And I have family members, it's really funny, that sometimes tell me, you're going to sell that photo so much, that is beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think people will like it. But, uh, and that's another thing that I think is, I'm sorry, I'm going to jump into this uh, very quickly because I think it's important to talk about. Uh, it's, it's very hard to stay true to yourself and, 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 and follow your passion at all times when you're making a living off of it. That's why a lot of people say, keep your hobby or what your passion separate from your job. A lot of people say that. And um, because once you once you you complicate everything, once you mix the two and you want to make a living of, of playing guitar or taking photos, I disagree with that. But yeah, it's definitely challenging. It's uh, because once you start making a living off of it, you unfortunately you had to think about you know how many sales I have this month and what kind of money I'm making every year, and and it gets a little bit tricky, but. I always remind myself to, and that's kind of like uh, my, uh, my meditation, uh, why am I doing it? And if, if, if the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing go beyond um, being successful financially, I think I'm on the right path. And of course, I might get sidetracked and stress, corona, the economy, and all these crazy things. Of course, we all do. But uh, but we need to remind ourselves, okay, why am I doing this? And what's, the, what's the, the main goal, which I have a lot of different goals with what I do. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, I, look at, I looked online, and of course I was in your gallery, and I saw the, 
the price of some of the photographs. And at the risk of embarrassing you, I'm just going to ask you, you know, how do you decide when something can sell for $10,000 or $20,000? You know, how great you- question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of different things. I had to educate myself and, 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 and look at what the market is doing and what other people are doing. The photographers that are around me, even in this town are doing. Um, for me, it took many, many years to value my own work. I was embarrassed to charge people when I was starting to sell my work. And, and I was feeling uh, like I was doing something wrong. Um, and as I developed and I put so much, I invested so much time, energy, my life really. I've been, like I mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, very prolific as far as uh, skipping a lot of uh, parties and dinners. Uh, you know, it's, you had to be very, very pers- consistent with, with, in focus. Uh, and once you start adding up all that on top of uh, your travels and how far you're willing to go and how hard you're willing to work to get a picture, that's when... Uh, you start valuing your work more. And I think it just makes sense. Yeah. I think it's, it's very important to be honest with yourself and honest with your, your, your public. And you start, you know, I, can't, I, I didn't start charging $10,000 for a picture when, when I, right? It, takes, it took me some time to be able to have the prices that I have today. Another thing is, um, is demand, you know, if I see that people are, are liking the work and they're appreciating the work and, and so there's a balance that you find. So you do some research, you learn to value your own work that yeah. takes time and not all the artists are able to figure that one out because I get that question a lot. Uh, and then you have to be very honest, like I said, with yourself and with them. And I try to, for instance, the quality of my presentation of everything that I do is the best I can have for them. It's very important. I don't compromise as well as uh, I'm never going to sell a piece that I don't think is, uh, is, is good enough. Yeah. For me, it has to, you know. Yeah, yeah, let's let's talk about selling a little bit because you do have this beautiful gallery, and my guess is that your best sales are to people who come in and want to talk to you, want to get to know you, want to spend an hour sort of becoming your friend, and then then they want your art because when they take it home, it has so much more meaning for them. It's definitely it definitely makes a big difference when I'm here, mm-hmm. and it's uh. Uh, very special for my collectors when they get to talk to me and, and listen to stories about how I got the shot and where I was, of course. Um, having said that, the, there's, there's a lot of people that just appreciate the art for the art, and, and that's great. And, yeah. um, and they, it, it speaks to them. I had so many people crying here. Mm. It's unbelievable. I had even men crying here because they felt so moved. Uh, with one of the pieces and that just for me that's priceless mm. uh, so it goes both ways of course uh, people are always going to want to have that connection with you and get to know you um, but a, a lot of people just appreciate and love the work mm. for for the work itself so. so so now where you are as you think about you know you've you've become a successful photographer and a successful businesswoman what when you think about going forward now? What challenges do you think are are the hardest for you now? 
Yes, great question. <laughs> I like your question. My big, my, my biggest challenge I think right now is like I mentioned before, don't stay true to myself and always go in the direction that I want to because of course, the more you expose yourself and the more eyes that see you, uh, the more feedback you get, you're going to get so much feedback from, from everyone and the more people that will approach you that wants to work with you in different projects and things like that. Now I'm getting to that point that uh, that is been that, that is what what my my goal has been uh, since I started working uh, photographing wildlife, which is work with nonprofits and make a difference with the work. So what we're doing is, for instance, I just partnered with a, a nonprofit it's called Save the Giraffes Now. We're trying to help this specific type of giraffe. There's only 200 left in Kenya and helping uh, for, the, for the species to don't go extinct and things like that. Huge projects that I'm getting involved with. Mm -hmm. uh, that helps me to stay focused and go in the direction that I want to go mm -hmm. and don't... Uh, it's very easy, I think, to get uh -huh. caught up in numbers and become commercial. I have observed a couple of photographers that I look up to for, for a very long time that are... Unfortunately, I personally think they're uh, leaning towards money versus what their true nature is, which it was beautiful. And unfortunately, they're 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 going towards uh, you know where the money is, and that's that's completely understandable. I mean, it's you know it's not rocket science. People want to make more money. They, but again, we all know, right? The money is 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 not. It's not what is going to make us happy at the end of the world. At the end of the day, we, like I always say, we come to the world naked and with nothing and we live with nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. That you, you know that the theme of the ProCo 360 podcast is world-class entrepreneurs who choose Colorado. How do you feel being in Colorado is sort of part of your story? Colorado has uh, it had a huge impact for me in uh, the direction that I went with, with everything because my goal was, my plan was to move to New York and do fashion and that was it. Mm -hmm. And nature in Colorado changed me for the better and sort of opened my eyes. Of course, when I started traveling, that helped a lot. Being in Iceland for so long, that definitely changed my life for the better. But Colorado had a huge impact uh, as far as wanting to be outdoors, of course. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. Well, before, yeah. Before I, I move to the last couple of questions, I want to remind listeners, this is Proco 360, named Best Denver Podcast, three years running. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and this is a show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and like Guadalupe, chose Colorado. I'm speaking with photographer and entrepreneur Guadalupe Lace. Thanks to our sponsors, Community Banks of Colorado, the law firm of Holland & Hart, Kinsley Meetings, MicroStar Keg Logistics, and Total Coaching Systems. These great companies support Colorado businesses and entrepreneurs, and they support this show. Also, thanks to the Colorado Chamber of Commerce for its support for me and Proco360. And now, Guadalupe, as you look forward, um, what makes you most excited? I guess even maybe what's next in your lens? My goodness. I am working on four different projects uh, for uh, to hopefully uh, turn them into books. 
So polar bears and ice bears taken from the ocean. I was planning on spending the summer in Svalbard, north of Norway, photographing bears. So that's in the works. I'm working on a project on elephants of Africa. So that's an ongoing thing. Um, I have a project sort of in the works to start photographing um, um, horses in Argentina, polo horses that are the best of the best of the best that they have there. So that's also another uh, thing on my list. Definitely working in Africa, more in Kenya with, uh, say, the giraffes now and, and, doing, and, and doing that project as well. Uh, Horses of Iceland Volume 2 is in the works. Mm. Uh, so I have a lot on my plate. <laughs> yes, yeah. you do. That's exciting. And it sounds like you're excited to keep moving forward with all that. A hundred percent. Yeah. If you go forward, let's say you're working on Horses of Iceland, um, via the second part of the series. Do you end up investing 50 or a hundred thousand dollars of your time and expenses? And I mean, what does it take to actually go and, t- and do a project like that? There's a lot of different ways to do it. Of course, it's, it's, it is expensive. Iceland, as you probably know, is one of the most expensive countries out there. Uh, but you need to be resourceful. I think that's something that I learned uh, uh, at a young age, uh, be finding ways to be resourceful and, uh, and never taking a no for an answer. So I, honestly, if I'll tell you how I began working on the first book of Horse of Iceland long time ago, I started knocking on doors and going to farms and asking people, do you mind if I take pictures of your horses? <laughs> I only have pictures of models to show you, but uh, that didn't do anything for them. But uh, that's how I kind of how I started it. So you just need to find ways, uh, be creative and find ways to, uh, you know, to make it work for what your budget is and, and just make it happen. I'm all about making it happen. So, yeah. Well, good. Guadalupe Lace, amazing photographer. Thanks for joining me on Proco 360. Thank you, Dave. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me in the show. And before before I let you go, will you take your, you're on an iPhone now. Will you take and show me that picture of the giraffes and tell me about it? Yes, absolutely. My pleasure. That's what I like to do the most. Let me see. <laughs> How can I turn this around? That's the question. Well, you can okay, just in front of it. For a photographer, that's... Uh, so this is the picture that I was telling you about. Oh, yeah. That is... I don't know if you can see it or is it on focus. Yes, I can see it. Focus at all. But it's, it's not really on focus. But yeah, so uh, that's the one that I was telling you about. And if you just want a very... I don't know if you can see any of this, but if you want a very short um, tour of this... Yeah. Now, I'm there- not going to go downstairs, but yeah. <laughs> That's all right. There's a photograph that struck me too that that looks almost um, like anime, where there's a, a a golden horse standing in front of a waterfall. Yes. Uh, yes. This one. This was taken first week of March this year in Iceland before COVID, uh, before they shut down the the borders. Yeah. So this is uh, in Skogafoss in the south of Iceland. It's a it's a very touristic area, so it's a lot of behind-the-scenes work. We need to get permits from the government, shut down the area, bring these gorgeous horses, which are very expensive. Uh, so this is a little bit more behind-the-scenes um, work, whereas something like, for instance, this is just more of a candid shot of a horse that it only takes me and him, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, tell uh, what is your website is um, Guadalupe Lace, and that's G U A D A L U P E L A I Z dot com. You got it. That, that's the website. People can find us there. Also, we're on Instagram at guadalupelice.com. Uh, that's fun to see because when we're traveling, um, I'm very active and I'm, I like to show a little bit of behind the scenes and where we are and all those fun things. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks very much. That was a fun conversation. I appreciate it, Guadalupe. Oh, thank you, David. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.